Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I just got off the phone, well, not off the phone, uh, off the computer with Chip Kelly and Herm Edwards and Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. Um, I, I feel bad saying that. Um, and I was I was thinking like going into this show, like I had all my notes already uh, on everything Chip Kelly said, everything that Herm Edwards said. And I kind of realized I didn't have many thoughts on Jonathan Smith, um, which is too bad because, uh, he, you know, he's he's leading the program up there and maybe he can turn Oregon State around. They took big strides last year and then immediately I lead in by introducing him by his team and nobody else. And so then I felt bad again. Um, so just to balance out everything that's about to come, props to Jonathan Smith, um, but that was so much fun just seeing chip kelly he was so relaxed he was so relaxed and, and in a way that i don't think most of us thought was possible especially because you know the book on is that he is just so uptight and all that but uh he was incredible herm edwards was incredible like the two of them going back and forth was so much fun um it it was kind of honestly like sad to watch and realize that Pac-12 Media Day has already been canceled because I got to go last year and it was so much fun. I mean, obviously I learned a lot and this was, I think, I, I think Pac-12 Media Day was one week or maybe even less after we announced that DNVR Buffs was coming back. So it was really my first time uh, covering anything Buffs related and to do that with legends like Herm Edwards and Chip Kelly around. You know, Chip Kelly, uh, he used the urinal next to me when I was out in L.A., and what a what a thing to be able to say that I've done. Um, cannot give you an update on his manscape situation. Um, I was actually curious though, and I think I've told this story on the podcast before. But well, and what happened was there were plenty of open urinals, but how do you not pick the one next to Chip Kelly for exactly this story? Um, but you get there, and then he pulled out his phone, and so he's looking at his phone, and I was like, what? What could Chip Kelly possibly be texting about while he's doing his business? And that's the type of question that pushed me into this career field because I I don't know. It's interesting. What does a guy like Chip Kelly do when he's just at the urinal? Like that's total free time. 
I mean, maybe he does have some work things to catch up on. Or, you know, does he scroll Twitter or Instagram? Like, you learn a lot about somebody looking at that kind of stuff. I did not check because, obviously, that would have looked like something else. But, uh, you know, that's just so cool. That was so much fun. You know, seeing Justin Herbert jump onto some big old inflatable Pac-12 chair and burn himself and jump up because it was so hot. That's a memory that will stick with me for my entire life. And, you know, if Justin Herbert doesn't pan out, I'll think back on that and be like, huh, maybe I should have seen this one coming. But uh, outside of me just being sad that I don't get to go spend more time with all these coaches, because as great as it is seeing a 30-minute webinar, you know, the first 15 minutes is moderated by Yogi Roth, and he does a great job, but it's just not quite the same as getting in there and picking great football minds yourself. You know, everybody has the specific things they have their curiosities about. And Chip Kelly... Herm Edwards, they can answer pretty much anybody's questions about football. Um, and so we got the 15 minutes of that, of course, the 15 minutes of the media Q&A, and that was obviously great too. But, you know, with three coaches, that pans out to about five minutes apiece compared to the 20 minutes that they're answering questions individually at uh, Pac-12 Media Day. You know, you just get a chance to run around. I had a chance to have my own conversation with Herm Edwards when I was there too. Uh, I was looking for a place to record my podcast, and uh, I walked into the big ballroom where everybody was waiting, uh, found a chair, and tried to like pull it off to the corner, and somebody came up to me and said, oh, you can't take that chair, it's reserved, and I was like, okay, sorry, and walked away. Like It's just an empty chair in the middle of a room, um, nobody using it, and Herm was, there was just like another chair a little ways over. He was like, here, come take my chair. If you got to go to your work, just take it over the corner. I was like, I'm not... I'm not going to do that. You're Herm Edwards, obviously. I'm not going to take Herm Edwards' chair to go record my podcast. You know, it's it's Herm Edwards. I'm not going to take Herm Edwards' chair. Um, and he pushed really hard, and I was able to get myself out of the situation. And uh, it was it was something else. It was something else. But again, those are the kinds of things that are a lot of fun. And there are parts of the job that I don't like as much, and there are parts I really like. Pac-12 Media Day is one of the parts I like. Um, so while it's great that we get them all on our computers, it's not the same as being there. And when you see how much fun they're having and they're joking around, <sighs> just makes you miss it. I like talking to football coaches. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's just dig in. I think I think my bit of this show is going to be kind of short, um, mostly because they said everything so well themselves. Like you feel bad paraphrasing somebody like Herm Edwards. You know, like, I, there's no way I can turn his words into something better than what he can make with them. It's just so weird. But there were just so many fun moments, and that's what I'm going to take away. Like, you learn some things, um, you know, Herm, very motivational. That's that's who he is and the way he speaks. Uh, he just makes you listen. He's somebody who you could just listen to all day. And so to hear somebody like that talk about how he is trying to push his student-athletes um, you know, it's exciting. It's, 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 it's interesting. You know, it's a strange time and they're smart people and they might not be smart in some of the ways that some people value, but they're smart in a lot of ways that I think are really interesting. Um, so hopefully you guys will stick around and listen to this one. Uh, I also will post a link to the video, uh, because, because we got, obviously it's a zoom call. So if you guys just want to watch the whole things for yourself, go to the post for today's show at the There'll be a link, um, in that post. And it will have 
the entire video from today. I'll, I'll throw the I'll throw the videos from the last two in there too because I just realized I know how to do this. Um, because they're sending out the video too and not just the audio. It's been a whole big thing. Um, but uh, any other big notes? I mean, not really. Uh, it's just they're they're just fun, smart guys. Um, at one point, uh, Chip Kelly turned around and grabbed uh, his a book off the shelf, and it was Herm Edwards' "You Play to Win the Game," which I, it's like a collection of his memoirs, I guess. But uh, obviously, is the famous "You Play to Win the Game" quote. And so Chip Kelly doing his Herm Edwards' "You Play to Win the Game" impression to Herm Edwards, and then both of them cracking up, and then Herm going and getting his book too, and they're both showing the camera their books. Uh, it you know it, it's just good stuff and. Obviously, there was some conversations about um, the coronavirus, all that stuff. They said a lot of the same things that we've heard when asked about that stuff. Luckily, they didn't get asked about it too much. I think we've all... We get the point. The answer is it takes six weeks to get ready. You can't do it less than that, and you'd prefer more than that. Um, and I think that's what we're going to keep hearing from all these coaches. Uh, one actual note before I let you guys go and get out of your way. That is that... Brian Howell of the Daily Camera, uh, who is awesome, by the way, he asked uh, Chip and Herm Edwards what they think of Carl Durrell, and both of them had great things to say. Chip said that he's uh, known Carl since he was the head coach at UCLA, has been very impressed. Everybody at UCLA really likes him. Uh, He has a great reputation there. Um, Herm said all positive things too. And, and Herm said, you know, at one point he was the young up and coming coach. And for me, me, the coaching veteran, um, I think Herm, yeah, Herm was with the jets when Carl got that first job. So he, he had established himself. Um, he said that it's, it's always fun to watch the young coaches come up and learn. And now to see Carl back and getting a chance to coach against Carl, you know, it, it does mean something to these guys. And more than anything, they hammered home that same point that we keep hearing over and over and over again about Carl Durrell. And that's that he's just a good guy. And that's what they keep saying is everybody respects him. He's, he's just a very good human being, I think is the line. I can't remember who used that line, but that's what they said. Um, it's what you expect to hear about him at this point because we have heard it so much from everybody else who's interacted with him um, that, you know, it started with the first reports coming out was that former players were saying he just really cares about all of his players. And you can tell, and that makes a difference. Uh, same thing with his coaches. You know, he, he wants to see himself as almost like a coaching farm. Um, he's not trying to get somebody into his building and try to lock him in there to make sure he doesn't lose his best guys. He understands that, Guys are going to move on. They're going to get better jobs, and they might circle back, and they might might not. But it's all about treating other people well, and he believes that in the end, that means that good things are going to happen for your football program. And boy, is that refreshing. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for me today because I really want to pressure you guys into listening to this. I, I swear, like there are reporters tweeting right now that this was the best thing that they've watched so far during quarantine. Um, Yeah. I'll just get out of the way. Um, Also, I just had to jump back in after a pause because somebody logged into my Twitter account from New York. (sighs) Hope I'm not about to get hacked. Okay. Um, Yeah. 
if you guys have any questions, any comments, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, who are we talking to tomorrow? Tomorrow would be whoever's left. This will be a good quiz. Um, we haven't heard from uh, Kevin Sumlin. We haven't heard from Justin Wilcox. And we haven't heard from... Oh, oh, we haven't heard from Cristobal. That's who it is. Yeah, so those will be the three tomorrow. Um, I'll be back with that full audio, which hopefully is as good as today's, because today was just a lot of fun. Let me tell you real quick about our good friends at Brackenridge Brewery, uh, because we really appreciate them, and they are still open during this... What, what are we calling it? I'm not sure what the official word is. Like, I never know what I'm supposed to say because of the coronavirus or COVID-19 or... Uh, just the sickness um or but then also like are we in quarantine or i think it's like self-isolation or the stay at home oh i think it's stay at home order but the point is breckenridge brewery still open still making beer that you can buy in stores still making food that they will deliver to you um and they'll deliver it to you for five dollars off if you use the code dnvr when you check out it's a great deal again that they're doing what they can to uh stay alive during all of this and if you've appreciated them at some point in the past then maybe now's the time to jump back in show them just a little bit more support buying some food right now during some tough times for everybody buying some beer too uh, like i said that code will really help you out um, i'd also order a 15 can sampler if i were you because that just it's the, the variety and a great deal perfect um also, if you only want beer, use the beer locator at the Breckenridge Brewery website, and it'll tell you everywhere you can buy every one of their beers. And that sounds overwhelming, but they make it super simple. Check it out if you haven't yet. It's actually a really cool tool. Um, also, want to tell you about the great people over at MSU Denver Online. They want to help you get smarter and... Why not let them do that? Uh, there are over 40 online programs that will get you a degree. There are over 750 different online courses. They cover all sorts of different topics. I mean, or if, you're, if you're trying to get into finance, if you're trying to get into teaching, if you're trying to get into whatever, they have a program that can help you. Uh, so, so at least take the time to go see what they offer because, you know, I was somebody who, who was always skeptical of online school. It seemed like they were always like just throwing ads on TV and I'd be like, eh, I'm not so sure. But looking through everything that MSU Denver Online does and honestly having friends who've taken online uh, programs, it really can be a great deal and one of the easiest ways to get yourself to go back to school, if that's something that you've been trying to do, uh, change career fields, advance in your career field, it's it's so easy. They, they even have very good general education courses, so you can transfer to any school in the country. So what that means is if you want to take uh, some cheaper classes from MSU Denver online, get those credits and then try to get into some super expensive private university, but only have to stay for half the time because you've already done so much work. That's one of your other options. Again, there are so many different ways you can do it. They're trying to help you uh, figure out what's best for you. And it really could be taking some online classes or going for a full degree at MSU Denver online. 
If you're interested in more uh, information, then you can go to msudenver.edu backslash online. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started. It's top of the hour. Um, again, this was the third of our four webinars this week. Um, they've been great, fun, entertaining, and, and informative. Um, today's webinar will feature Arizona State coach Herm Edwards, Oregon State coach Jonathan Smith, and UCLA coach Chip Kelly, hosted by Pac-12 Networks analyst Yogi Roth. Uh, after the first 15 minutes, uh, then we'll take Q&A. And again, when we get to that portion, just click the uh, raised hand button at the bottom of your screen to get into the queue for questions. At this time, I'll turn it over to Yogi. Excellent. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, coaches. Um, we've been talking about books. We've been talking about homeschooling. A lot, a lot of people now are binging content. So, Coach Kelly, i got to start with you. How many people have you heard from about All-American, your – Beautiful appearance there. I was heard. The rumor is that you ad-libbed the scene. I'm curious if it's true and if the other coaches have even watched. I ad-libbed the line. I didn't, wouldn't say I ad-libbed the scene. I was in it for probably 35 seconds. So, um, <laughs> But I did ad-lib the line. I, I had to add my own little twist to it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. The cool part for me is the story is about Spencer Pacinger, who was my captain when I was at Oregon on our national on a team that went to the national championship. And um, Pace is the producer of the show and to get to see Spence again and, and how successful the show's been and what he's done. But it's a little bit about kind of his story where he was an inner city kid that went to Beverly Hills High and, and uh, got an opportunity. So it was cool to be able to um, be a part of it and see Spencer again. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was great watching and, and binging that. I've heard from a ton of people. I'm sure you have as well. Um, today's theme is about how you're motivating your student athletes during the pandemic. So Jonathan, I want to start with you, and then we'll go around here on the first question. How are you motivating yourself during this pandemic? Yeah, you know, uh, one, you're missing the game so much that it's a motivation to be ready once you, you, you're able to get back. And uh, I kind of feel motivated because we didn't have much spring practice to watch. We've been watching a bunch of our own games from the fall. And if you ain't motivated seeing those opponents we got to play again, start with these two guys. Uh, <laughs> that's been a motivation for me for sure. Coach Edwards. Uh, I think it, it has a lot to do with our attitudes, and I, and I think these two men that I'm on the screen with, these coaches, they get it. And, and, and you know, attitude is your best friend and your worst enemy. How you go about doing this, I think it's very important. The reflection that you project to your players is very important. Uh, you know, we live in a world uh, as coaches uh, that the unexpected is always about to happen. It has happened. How do you deal with that, right? It's like being the football coach and you make all the decisions, but once they walk on the field, you have no control, basically. You have no control of how they're going to play. You assume how they're going to play. You get to make decisions, but no control. So with that being said, I just think we understand as we walk through this minefield that we're walking through, um, it's important that um, we are excited about the opportunity whenever we decide to get back. Um, you know, a plan that can't be changed is a bad plan. We all started out with this game plan participating in spring ball, the recruiting, all these things were exciting, all of a sudden we get shut down. Well, our, our plan has to be adjusted. And with that being said, that's the mindset of any coach. You know, you're one play away from looking at your game plan and saying, well, this don't work. I got to change it. So we all understand that, and I think our players now are focused more on the learning part of it. We've probably spent more time right now as, as coaches with the ability through what we're doing right now to actually teach our players. And so you're still, a as a coach, you're a teacher. That's what you do. You give them knowledge. Like Jonathan behind, all them books that Jonathan has read, I mean, I don't know. 
Go, show him your book, Coach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. You don't have one of these yet. Man, yeah, I got to get one, man. That's knowledge, man. <laughs> knowledge. That's what we do. That's what we do. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, Coach Kelly, other than reading that book, how have you been motivating yourself? Um, I think any coach is motivated every day, no matter what it is. I mean, obviously, our season starts in September. Um, but right now we would be in, in the off season anyway. So it's, it's just how you deal with what's going on. And, and, and we talk about control the controllables. So um, what we control is our attitude and our mindset. We wake up every day and get excited about, you know, in a crisis there's opportunity. And the opportunity, you know, Herm alluded to it, is we get to teach a little bit more with our players. Uh, we get to spend a little bit more time um, with them. Even though it's virtually, we're still spending time with them and finding out you know, what makes them tick and how we can help them be successful. So, um, you know, I, our task is different just because we're not with them and we can't, you know, be face to face with them, but it's still the same thing is creating an environment where they have a chance to be successful. And um, that's what we're challenged with every day. So that, that's got to motivate you every day when you wake up. I love that. I, I can't imagine you guys all scrolling social media all night, but I imagine your players are. And over the last week or 24 hours pending, which region all three of you live in, there's been news. So Jonathan, starting with you, how have you talked to your players and their parents about what your governor said about not having large crowds through September? Right, you know, we, uh, we've we talked to them uh, continually about this. We're always learning. It's almost like we're learning on a weekly basis. And uh, we've talked about there's gonna be a light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know exactly how long this tunnel is that we're in, uh, but <laughs> we're gonna get opportunity to play, to get them back. And when we can get them back, we want to do it safely uh, and properly. And so uh, the un unknown is what it is. And we're working through that. Just continue to work hard on the day-to-day -day because the, the light's at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Coach Edwards, your, your governor came out and said that pro sports can come back this weekend. wonder what parents and your student-athletes are saying to you and how you're communicating in that regard. Well, that, that's a whole different uh, animal when you think about the student-athlete compared to the professional football player. I mean, that, that's what he does for a living. Uh, so there's some choices to be made there, obviously. Uh, in our situation, uh, you know, as Jonathan just mentioned, and Coach Kelly, I know he feels the same way. I know him. It's always about the safety of the players. These are student athletes. And with that being said, parents are involved in these decisions too. It's not just a student alone. So we can't lose sight of that. You know, parents are a big factor because it's their children. You know, even though they look like they're grown men, some of them 17, 18, 19 years old, uh, a parent is going to be involved in a lot of this as well. So that's a part of it. They want to make sure their son is safe. We as coaches want to make sure their son is safe. The environment that we create is safe. We talk about that all the time. You know, safety is the, the number one priority for any coach. Yeah. And, and Coach Kelly, you know, as of last night, the Cal State University statement that came out, I'm sure your phone is blowing up in that regard. How have you been able to deal with that around your players and their families? Well, first off, we're not part of Cal State. <laughs> I, that was that was a big question. I had to talk to coaches on our staff. I'm like, I don't we're in the UC system, so we're not in the Cal State system. So um, but I, I, as I know, as this has gone on and we've met as uh, a Pac-12 group, um, for about the last four weeks and Woody Dixon and, and Larry have been great keeping all the coaches informed. And um, what I've come to the conclusion of is that we don't know what we don't know. You know, I, I think the virus will tell us when we're going to be able to come back um, and when it's under control and when they have the proper testing and whatnot in place. 
Um, and until that time, you know, we're just going to keep planning, as Jonathan mentioned earlier, um, like we have a season coming up. You know, no one has told us that we're not playing. Um, no one has told us that we are definitely playing. But, uh, you know, we don't want to be surprised by the, hey, you guys are playing. Are you ready to go? It's like, oh, we didn't plan on this. I think all of us are have put proper plans in place depending on what day they tell us to start. Um, and right now we just take it, the information as it comes um, and how does it apply to us. Um, so right now, really, anything that's come out, whether it's the pro teams being able to play in, in Arizona or the Cal State system not having school in, in September still doesn't really affect what's going on in the Pac-12. Um, and we'll still look to, to Larry and, and his group to give us guidance. Excellent. You know, Jonathan, you, you guys got this brand new weight room. I'm sure you can't wait to see it full of players, uh, but that's not going to happen, at least in the very near future. But you guys have stayed connected in interesting ways, at least watching it online. Like, it seems like there's a blend of entertainment, education. How have you navigated that as a head coach? Yeah, we kind of learned early on was the when we all, you know, separated, the guys missed each other the most. Like they love ball and they want to learn it and they're doing school, but they missed the interaction. So we wanted to do some unique things to keep them engaged with each other, whether we're doing a Madden tournament and, uh, and guys got just like laughs on that trash talk going, I got blown out. Uh, that's been fun for the last. We broke up in some smaller groups outside of positions just to see some different faces, old linemen, see some receivers. And, and we've tried to bring that as much as we can, the interaction with each other. Uh, because they're missing it the most. Yeah. Coach Edwards, we've talked a ton about how you can't unlock potential unless you unlock people. You're a people person. You've done it your whole life. Are you worried about your players, like, on their own now? And what has that been like? Because you're so used to being with them every step of the way. Well, and, and, and I can, I, I'm in direct communication with them uh, a lot. Um, and, and they check in with me also. I mean, my quarterback about every other day. Right? So they, they're always in contact with me talking or visiting whatever we're doing um, on the zoom calls like Jonathan says you know I'm going to be involved in some of these meetings I'll walk in when coaches are going and say something you know and and I think that the unique thing about all this is that uh, players are you know they're dialed in right now because they know that as, as coach Kelly said you know this is going to come to an end and um, we don't know what the date is uh, but you better be ready. Mentally, they're they're learning ball. The, it's just the physical part now. That 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 that, that when when this thing comes back, we, we got to get them ready that way. The mental part, I think, we got more time with them now in the classroom than probably you would have because you think about May, we'd be out recruiting and doing all that stuff. Well, we have ability to coach now, and I think well, we've done a little bit. Some of the former players that have been in the NFL. They're on some of these meetings. Yeah. Explaining things to them. You know, whether it's a play, how I ran this and what I did here, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a linebacker, whatever it is. So so there has to be interaction with these guys because they their whole world is they live off the screen anyway. It's called entertainment. How can you entertain them? Right? Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, well said. Coach Kelly, we've talked a lot about same message, different messenger. Just watching online, it seems like you had some guest speakers that have come in and addressed your team. How have you felt that's remained remain, and allowed the team to remain connected, whether it's been Damon West or other guys that have come on to your Zoom calls? Yeah, I, I think our players and talking to our squad leaders, they really, really enjoy it. Um, it's been It's been a you know, a, a different one each week. You know, we have brewing breakfast every Monday morning and, and we have a new speaker each week. And um, 
but everybody we've had in, we've had in the past. So they've already have a relationship with our players. Um, and so it's, it's been shorter, you know, it's a quick 10 or 15 minute message. And then we just have an open discussion and, and open it up and guys talk about what that meant to them and how do they interpret it. So um, it's a lot more give and take than it is when we've done it in the past. And, and our players have really enjoyed it. I shift gears as we go around probably one more time here and, and talk about mental health. You know, how, how are you preparing to deal with it and or dealing with it now when your players are away and, of course, anticipating when they come home? Coach Smith, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a big topic, and it's really important. Um, continuing to try to stay engaged with guys as much as possible and not just their position coach in regards to the strength staff, touching base with them once a, once a week or trainers that did a, a middle check and, and checking in on life. It's uh, it is important because this is different, man. I mean, this experience that shoot, even for me, being a father, it's a kid for three, and there's a lot of things going on. Each each kid's situation is different at home, um, and, and that's um, sometimes of concerning. A lot of them are in great places. So it's going to be really important as we continue through and then definitely when we get them, get them back on campus. Coach Edwards? Yeah, I, I talk to a lot of our players about this. This is a moment in your life where you actually um, need to reflect on your life. You know, we live in this world that we live in, and you think about a player, just anybody, just anybody that, 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 that is, has, a, has a job, let's just say. Our whole life, when you grow up as a child, there's been a schedule. You've all gone, you've always on a schedule. Whether you go to work, it doesn't matter. In the business world, football, doesn't matter. Everyone's on a schedule. Well, now, all of a sudden, you don't have a schedule. It's like, you got to make your own schedule. And I challenge guys with that. I said, you know what? This is the time that you need to look at you, reflect on you. What does your schedule look like every day? And does that schedule allow you to become a better version of yourself? You have time to do that now. And, and, and when you tell them that they look at you like, yeah, you get to set your own schedule. You always worry about, well, I don't want to, I'm only scheduled. People are telling me what to do. Well, guess what? We, we have a little bit of time with you. What are you doing? Set your own schedule. Try that one for size. People are struggling with that. I like it, Coach Kelly, with so many returners that have been in the program that you've brought in since you got there, how are you preparing to, to manage that and managing it currently? We get to meet with them, obviously, a couple times a week, you know, through the eight hours that the NCA has given us. We haven't used the full eight hours. I know we definitely haven't used the full eight hours on X's and O's. You know, a lot of it is just our coaches sharing with them and, having conversations that are a little bit deeper than, you know, what coverage is this right now or, or where are we going in this progression for our quarterbacks? Um, but it's also really important that we have a strong group of players that are connected with the whole team. You know, when in that group of squad leaders, there's 16 of them have done a really good job of connecting everybody. Because what you do miss, and Jonathan mentioned it earlier, is that camaraderie in the locker room, you know, just hanging out in the locker room and, and – not talking about football, but talking about life and, and making sure that we can still have those connections now. Um, it's physical distancing that we're going through right now, not social distancing. And we want to make sure that guys don't get excluded and, and we're not taking care of them and worried about them. And, and uh, it was funny yesterday, Don Pelham called and I missed a call and I'm like, did you call? And he was like, "Yeah, hey, you're on my list, my wellness check. I'm checking on you. You know, and I just started last. I'm good, doc. And he was like, no, we, we need to talk. Call me. And, and it's the same way our coaches – are handling it with our players are the same way we're handling it with each other, you know, and it's, it's part of 
kind of what we're going through as a group because no one has gone through this, you know, unless you were around for the pandemic of 198. Herm, you weren't around in the pandemic of 198. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't around for that one. I'm sorry. Okay. Unless you were around for the, the 1918 pandemic, you know, you don't, you've never gone through this before. So there is no gameplay. You don't know how to, how it's going to manifest itself on a daily basis. So I think that connection part, you know, it's a physical distancing that we're going through, not a social distancing. We're going to make sure that socially we're connected. That's really well said. We could talk for a long time. Um, Before I turn it over to the rest of the media, Coach Edwards, we got to know how can we get your book and what's the best way? I mean, clearly. I can take care of you. I got it. I got it working. Okay. Okay. I'll be looking for it, man. I'm on it. I got you working. (laughs) All right, Dave, I'll turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Yogi. Again, uh, any media, if you have any questions at the bottom of your screen, just select the tab where there's the raise hand. We'll get you in the queue. And the first question will come from Dennis Dodds. Dennis, your line's open. Okay. Can you hear me, guys? Yes. Okay. Uh, Herm, I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, can you can you conceive of a scenario where uh, the Pac-12 goes forward with, with not all of its members or not at all, given where we are right now? Well, the, 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 that's a great question. And um, you know, we tell players all the time to stay in your lane, know your role, do your job. Um, that's not my role, <laughs> to be quite honest. I don't have to make that decision. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't want to make that decision, to be quite honest. I, I really don't. I just think that the, that the powers to be, um, they've done a great job of, of, of coaches, as just said earlier, uh, Chip and Mike, of, of keeping us informed exactly what we're going to do as a conference. I think that's important. Um, and these decisions, any decision they make is going to be based on the health professionals. They're the experts. Um, they are actually the quarterback uh, of, of the teams in the Pac-12 right now. They are the quarterback. There's no doubt about it. They get to make the decision. So um, that's way past okay. my day. Okay. Can I, can I ask a follow? Can I ask a follow-up? Yeah. Um, Go ahead. A, a, after after two seasons, is there any part of you that, in the back of your mind, says, "I told you so"? I mean, the way this thing started, you, you hadn't been in coaching for a bunch of years, you know. Um, then if you're going to be in coaching for a bunch of years, is there any part of you now that, you know, can coach a little bit? I can still do it. You know, I grew up, uh, I had some really good parents. And the thing they taught me as a very young age is the, per- the perception of others don't allow it to be your reality. And so I've never listened to you. I, I, I don't listen to the outside noises. I learned that at a young age. And then you learn it a whole lot when you play in Philadelphia. As, as a football player, right? You, you get that part of it. Uh, and then your first head job is in New, in, in New York, and you're dealing with the New York media. And I love the media, I do. I, I think they, they serve they serve sports in a great way uh, to take people behind the scenes when they can to inform the listener. But I don't pay attention to it, to be quite honest. Uh, I set my own goals in life, and um, I bet on myself. I've always done that. I just bet on me. And I keep doing that, and then I can live with the consequences of that, whatever way it goes. So I'm good. No, I don't worry about that stuff. I'm too old to worry about that stuff, by the way. <laughs> Maybe when I was 16, 17 years old, not anymore. <laughs> All right, we'll go next question. James Crepia. James, go ahead. Your line's open. Uh, this is a question for Coach Smith. Uh, you, you touched on Governor Brown's remarks a bit earlier. When she was asked specifically about fans at high school and college football games, she laughed about it. You know, the state health official answer. 
how did you feel upon hearing her reaction about college football? And while you're telling players there's light at the end of the tunnel, what's your message to Oregon State fans and the community in Corvallis as a lot of people and businesses look forward to football, not only because they're fans, but they really rely on football in terms of their livelihoods. And if games are canceled, their fan attendance is restricted or prohibited. Uh, they don't find that a laughing matter. Yeah, you know, uh, this game means a lot to me and a lot. You know, Oregonians, Oregon State fans, and uh, there's no question that it'd be disappointing for this this season to be affected. There's a chance it's going to look different. We don't know. Um, and so, you know, yeah, this is something that I'm passionate about. I'm not laughing a lot about it, um, but I know we're always learning more and more each week. And we got some some great people in this conference and leadership at Oregon State that uh, they'll be the decision makers as we continue to make a uh, move forward in unison with health officials and our government leaders, that uh, I'm just confident that we're going to do what is best for not just Oregonians, but the Pac-12 conference as we get to a, a point where we're making decisions on what September, October, November look like. And if I can ask a follow, Jonathan, uh, has there been, to your knowledge, I realize this is really in Scott's territory, but to your knowledge, any discussion with Colorado State or Portland State about changing those games, the dates, the locations, cancellations, anything? Yeah, you're right. That's more in the, the athletic director, Scott Barnes, done a great job in communicating with all our coaches here at Oregon State, but I have not been a part of any of those kind of conversations. I've been on Zoom in the different position meetings and doing some recruiting. All right, next question come from Brian Howe. Brian, go ahead. Yeah, this uh, really is for Herman. Chips, you guys are in the South, in the NFL. It's a little, I cover Colorado, and I was curious. Uh, Brian, your line was uh, breaking up. Okay, can you hear me better? Go ahead. Really, for Herman Chip, I was just curious your thoughts on Carl Durrell and any interaction you've had with him just as he comes in to coach Colorado. You want to go, Chip? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I've known Carl for a long time since he was the former head coach here at UCLA. He's got an unbelievable reputation um, just as a person. You know, he, he's a he's a good human being, you know, and, and I don't know. I, I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Carl. Um, he does things right. Um, he holds people accountable. He holds himself accountable. He had an unbelievable reputation as a position coach in the National Football League. Um, and I thought it was a great hire by, by Rick George. Uh, I, don't, I don't get the out-of-the-box thing. I get the – he went out and hired a really good person, and I think Carl's going to do a really good job there. Yeah, to, 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 to echo what Chip has said, obviously a man of, of, of great character uh, and integrity. Uh, I've known Carl a long time. And uh, just to watch him grow as a coach. You know, obviously I, I could say this in, in a nice way. I, I remember coaches used to tell me this all the time. I'm of the older ill of coaches, and so I kind of watched him as a young coach progress and go up the food chain of being a coming a head coach and all that kind of good stuff. And I've just watched him work uh, from afar, and uh, uh, you couldn't get a better guy to, to, to lead uh, to that, that football team. All right, next question will go to Mark McClune. Mark, your line is open. Are you on mute? There you go, Mark. Sorry about that. Hey, thanks so much for the time today, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, this is for first Coach Edwards, but just for Coach Smith and Coach Kelly as well. If you were given the green light and things were to 
kind of go on a little longer here with social distancing, how much time do you feel like you would need to get your team ready in the training camp to, to play the opener? Well, I think the, the least amount of time is probably six weeks. That's what we've kind of you know, talked about. There's, there's some plans. Is it 10 weeks? Is it eight weeks? Is it seven weeks? Six weeks would probably be right there. Uh, you'd be stretching it a little bit because you make the great point. You know, these players have to be in condition to play football. And as much as we think they're working out on their own, they're still they're, – they're not, they're not in football shape in any stretch of imagination. And one thing you don't want to do is put players in position where they're going to get hurt. Well, I echo that. You know, six weeks feeling like that's a minimum, but doable. Um, again, starting with the health and safety, getting them into shape. And we want to put a good product out there. We want to have enough time to, to be able to play quality football. Yeah, I think it could be done earlier if our strength and conditioning coaches could get their hands on them earlier. So if our strength and conditioning coaches had them for a couple of weeks before we got them, then I think you could do it in four weeks. That's what they do at the, at the other divisions. But you need to have somebody working with them. So the working time, like Herm and, and Jonathan said, is six weeks. But, you know, if you want to say, do we want, a, do we want a six-week training camp? That's not what we're asking for. We're asking for our strength and conditioning coaches to be able to to get them up to speed so you can minimize the soft tissue injuries and get them going. And I think there's a, a push for that, that can our can we have contact with our strength and conditioning coaches to get a, a chance just to monitor them. And that, and that as coaches, we don't have to be involved in it, but I think they need to be involved in it because it goes back to what Carm said, that the health and safety of our players is, is uh, will we'll govern every decision that we're going to make here. All right, next question will come from Michael Lev. Michael, your line is open. Hey, guys. Um, I wanted to ask you about recruiting, and this is for everybody. Um, how have the logistical limitations this spring affected recruiting, and how do you think they might affect the composition of your class um, as we move forward through this thing? Go with Herm first. I think we've all had to adjust as coaches, and I think every staff is, is, is able to do that. And I think through technology now, whether you take kids through a virtual tour of your campus uh, with coaches involved in it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Now, the other side of it is this. All these kids want to go on virtual tours. You know, they, they, that's what they want now. And the parents are involved in it, and, and you kind of take them through. The coaches are on the screen, and so you're recruiting the thing that I'm learning probably more than anything else is a lot of these young men are worried about maybe in their area there might not be high school football. So kids now are committing a little early because they might not have senior field if there's not football. Now, and I think this too, if they can't make any visits, then I want something in my hand right now to say I'm committing, and then if it opens up, then all of a sudden they're back into recruiting mode. I want to go take some visits, right? So it's kind of that's where we're all at right now, to be quite honest. There's no question it's been an adjustment, you know, in the virtual tours. They can't come to your campus. You try to, to bring them to them. Similar to Herm's comment there in regards to a lot of the, there are high school players that are, are worried about being able to play their senior year and what the fall is going to look like. And, you know, we're just all having to adjust as we. Where you recruit, uh, go through this recruiting process? Yeah, we've just had to pivot. You know, um, I think the weekend that 
it closed down. It was probably our fourth or fifth spring practice. We had 10 kids scheduled to come in that weekend. And, you know, we shut down on that Thursday and didn't have it. So, you know, we've all had to use um, the technologies available to us to, to kind of continue to stay in front of these kids and, and go through the whole process. Um, there are kids that are nervous about being able to play high school football in the fall and, and understandable because um, we're not sure if we're going to play in the fall. So um, we all understand that. I think we're all going through it and learning at, uh, at the same time. We're learning from them and they're learning from us. All right, your next question will come from Joe Reedy. Joe, your line is open. Uh, Chip, just what the past 48 to 72 hours been like for you as far as, you know, talking to Dan and don't know if you've talked to the chancellor or faculty reps in any way just about getting more clarity with, you know, state university system, but also with uh, health director Ferrer saying that could be uh, stay at home orders in LA County for the next three months. Yeah. Um, well, the state system and the UC system are different. Um, so when that came out last night, I think there are some people that thought that affected both Cal and us, but we're not in that system. We're in a different system. Um, but we're still very cognizant of, you know, that, that, that decision has been made at the, at the state level. Um, we actually are scheduled to play San Diego State in game three. You know, would that affect that? Um, I really don't know. But it, it goes back to what we said earlier. I don't think anybody knows. Um, and, and you just have to go and be very agile in terms of how you're handling this whole situation and, and adjust to whatever happens. And I think on a daily basis, um, things change and we have to be able to adjust on it. So um, nothing that was said in the last 24 to 48 hours um, directly impacts us playing games in September, um, but you never know. So we'll just continue to monitor it and, and let the experts um, and the medical people determine whether it's safe for our players to come back and play. And then Joe. All right, next question. Sorry there, Joe, cut you off. Um, can't get you back on here, but we'll go ahead and take the next question from Tony Syracusa. Tony, your line's open. Hey, coaches, good afternoon. Um, there's been a lot of talk from a lot of uh, coaches, comments from around the country, different regions reacting differently. Yesterday, one of your colleagues suggested that the NCAA should step in and make some uniformity across the country as to what, where, when, and how everybody can start. Would you guys advocate the NCAA stepping in? And the second part of that is, do you sense the NCAA even has that kind of jurisdiction? Well, it kind of, in my mind, it matters what you mean by start. I think that it, in a safe way, if wave rooms can be open and guys can work out on a volunteer basis, they should be able to do that. I do think there should be some uniformity when we're back to actually practicing across the board in the NCAA. Yeah, I think every coach, uh, regardless of, of what conference he's in right now, um, you want it to be an equal playing field. That's, I think that's the concern of any coach. Because that's, that's, that's just how you think. Uh, so whether they're involved in it, how you get them involved in it, like I said, you're, you're asking a coach, and I'm not trying to, to get out of the answering the question, but it's, it, it's, not, it's not my role to figure that one out. It's really not. Uh, my role is to continue to try to prepare our football team as well as our coaching staff to prepare to play. 
And when they decide for us to play, we'll play. And then that we don't have to worry about that stuff. That's not I got enough problems. I got I got a hundred guys spread out all over the all over California, Arizona, wherever they're at right now. And I I, I got to worry about that. I got enough on my plate. And and maybe the perception is the NCAA hasn't, but you know, we met as a as a Pac twelve group last week with the coaches and the athletic directors with the doctor from the NCAA and he gave us feedback in terms of where they are. So they're in constant communication um, with our league and, you know, probably at a little bit higher up level, but they have spoken to us as coaches and athletic directors and, and told us kind of where they see it going. So, um, but again, I, we're, we're, we're not the ones making the decision. We're the ones when you give us the marching orders, our plans are in place and we're ready to go. So we'll, we'll again, wait for their guidance to tell us where we're going. All right, uh, Joe, sorry to cut you off there. Your line's back open if you wanted to follow up on that question. Okay. Herm, you were able to start uh, spring practices in late February and stuff. Just wondering what it was like to see Marvin Lewis back on the field and uh, coaching the defense. Yeah, a lot of fun. We go back almost 30 years. Uh, his excitement for the game has a lot of fun. I think any coach that knows Marvin, um, great teacher. I mean, a great teacher. And um, – it was just fun to watch him coach ball again. You know, he was a he was a little bit of an analyst here last year, and he kind of walked around and just kind of you know, studied things. And then this year he came in, and really, uh, I think the players have bought in to what, what he wants to do, along with Antonio Pierce, our assistant uh, head coach and, and coordinator. So it was a lot of fun watching him coach. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take one more question. Uh, we'll go to Reese Becker. Your line is open. Thank you. Uh, coaches, with all the information on social media and around everywhere, how hard has it been to disseminate the information and see what's important and what's not? And how have you deciphered the information with all of it out there? Go ahead, Chip. I'm not on social media. Yeah, well. I was trying to defer to you, Herm. I was waiting for you to come off. You should have just given him a report. You play to win the game. Remember, Chip, I'm the guy that said don't press in. He's asking about no speeding to me. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. You got to be kidding me. All I know is that from now on, myself, Herm, and Jonathan have to do every press conference together. So. Hey, hey, Jonathan. Agreed. Bro, Happening. Me and Chip were on television a long time ago. Well, come on, man. What are you talking about on media? You kidding me? Oh, man. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a cell phone until I started working for ESPN. <laughs> I was the only head coach that never had a cell phone. But you were an author. But I got our book. You know. <laughs> got our book, got buddy. Book. We got to get him right, man. We, we got, got it. Yeah, it's got it's, it's, it's not even book, a book. Man. It's a Bible. It is my coaching Bible right here. I love it. I love, <laughs> love it. it. Uh, uh, I don't know if that answered the question, but um, <laughs> I, I just, whenever I get asked a tough question, I look at here and I get the answers. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right, guys, I appreciate your time. We've come to the end of the webinar. Uh, great stuff. Yogi, thank you. Herm, Jonathan, Chip, thanks a lot for participating today. Again, this has been recorded. We'll send it back out to the media uh, in a little bit. Um, thanks again for your participation.
Hey, all those guys that ask questions and all that, hey, uh, and, and the coaches and all you guys, look, we got to continue to trust in our hopes and not our fears. We got to rely on that. We just do. And I think if we we understand that, we'll get through this. God bless you guys. You guys stay safe. Good holiday. Thank you. Mike. Good to see you guys. Good see you guys. Thanks. Thank you. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get